This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the show, beautiful people. Thank you, everybody, for listening in, and thank you for all your support that you guys always give. Today, I've got the laptop out. I've got FreelanceHuntStats.com pulled up for my records from last year, I got, which is actually changing to uh, the North American Waterfowler. But that's what it is right now. And then I've got something special here in my hand. If, for those of you watching on YouTube channel, Remember, subscribe. We're like 20 away. We're 20 subs away from 1,000, guys. That is a big landmark that I'm just trying to get to. After that, I don't almost really care, to be honest with you. But if you're watching on the YouTube channel, I got the Public Pursuit leather. Awesome-looking little deal. I'm going to get into this more in this episode. But before we get rolling any farther, this episode, guys, is brought to you by Motion Ducks. Don't forget about Motion Ducks, guys. I'm telling you what, you need to get them while they're in stock, and you need to get them now. These, this setup, if you've never heard of Motion Ducks, in fact, I'm going to pull the website up right now, and I'm going to actually pull up the specific site that is built around for us. So motionducks.com forward slash MVM. That's all you got to put in, okay? Motion Ducks, M-O-T-I-O-N-D-U-C-K-S.com forward slash MVM. And we have a special page on there. We've worked with them for, I want to say it's five years now. But anyways, um, actually, I met Ben at the Sportsman's event in Sacramento, California. And I think that was 2018, if I'm not mistaken. I met him in person. And I'm like, man, that's cool. I love your stuff. I've been using your your motion spreader, your jerk rig setup. I said, 
I've been using that now, and I think that is a game changer because, you know, the other ones have the ducks on roll. It doesn't really look natural to me. It just doesn't create the big, massive wakes and spreads and, and motion in the water like motion ducks does. The other ones just don't do that because I've used them too because I know how powerful a motion spreader is. And yes, there's things out there now that you don't have to use your hands and pull on a string. But to be honest with you, in all reality, nothing works like a, a spreader does. And I'm saying that from personal experience because all the other things have noises and make sounds like a Higdon Pulsator. It's great. I love it. It has its time and place. And we use it all the time. You're gonna, we're not going to stop using it. But you do hear that pump. And sometimes I believe that it can flare the birds. Um the swimmers, same thing on those. So there's different things. But when it comes to just movement in water, that's about as real as you can get. So anyways, if you go to this site on the page, if you spend over 150 bucks, it's free shipping, which that's not part of our deal. But what it is our deal, and I'll tell you real quick before we get rolling in the rest of this, is when you go to that, that on the page, it's Mid-Valley Mercenaries Fan Special. And it's the ultimate spreader with a free anchor back. So the normal cost of this is $114.98. He's got that crossed out. It's a special for us and us alone. Our own page on their website, $99.99. So 100 bucks, you get the ultimate spreader. So it comes with two handles. It comes with two uh, strings that go to the handle that go to the spreader. And then it comes with two spreaders. And you can connect those, okay? You connect those and you can have seven birds on it. So you can do one and you can do two individually if you have a couple guys that can pull two different ones in two different spots or you can connect them for one big spreader of seven birds and it comes with the free anchor bag. And what it says on here, it says it's a message from Titus on this page. Welcome viewers and fans of Mid-Valley Mercenaries. Welcome to Motion Ducks, guys. Check out this deal Motion Ducks and MVM has put together for you. Grab their ultimate spreader and they will give you for free an anchor bag and you can still get 10% off with the code MVM10. So it's already $99.99. On top of that, put the code in MVM10 and get an additional 10% off. And uh, like I said, guys, I love it. It's the it's an amazing setup. It works so good. Even if you just have one, it's such, it's such a good setup. And you guys will not regret it, I promise you. So check that out. And like I said, this episode is brought to you by Motion Ducks. What I want to talk about today, and I'm running solo on this one, um, and we're, we're belting them out. Um, sorry for those two weeks that I only had one each week. I was so slammed at work. I, I still am, but I was off last night for the first time in like three weeks. Been working seven days a week and said, hey, I'm going to take advantage of this time. I got some decent sleep. Going to belt these out for you guys, and hunting's already started. Yes, if you're just listening on the audio podcast, that is Purple Thunder Mountain Dew going down the guzzler, and it's delicious, mm. and it is not grape, guys. It is berry plum, and I like both those, so I'm not a big grape fan. Anyways, so what I want to talk about today is tracking birds, moon phases, water levels, all these things, decoys that matters so much to us as duck hunters. So public pursuit doesn't know anything about me. Um, I'm going to talk about them for a second. Um, actually, let me pull their site up. So I got my laptop in front of me. And I know sometimes it's hard to listen to when a guy's just trying to look up stuff. So I, I don't want to leave gaps in, 
information that I'm giving out when I'm on this podcast and have a bunch of dead space of time. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to start with freelance hunt stats. Okay. And again, that is going to change. So depending on when you listen to this episode, um, that is going to change and it's going to end up being nor- the, the North American waterfowler.com. I think they nailed that name down. Actually, you know what? Let me see. I know I said I'm trying not to do this, but I want to see if they nailed it down already. American waterfowler.com. Nope, not nothing yet. So they got the name. There is no site, which is good. That means they do have that name, but they haven't swapped it over. So it's still freelancehuntstats.com. And I'm in my hunts. I've been doing this. Let me look. <clears throat> I think I started. Yeah. So I started this in 2019. So now I already have three years of data. I have the 19 season, 1920, 2021, and 21-22 season. Getting ready to start the 22-23 season. And if like, like so I'm going to click on one of these hunts or actually you can do like a new hunt, but I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to go on one of these hunts and I'm going to say like, say the veteran hunt day one. Okay. So I click on that. You name it. I have the date on there. I can go look on here. You can do it on your phone too. They actually have an app so you can check them out on the app store. But I click on it and I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Cause I'm going to explain to you what they have in here and why the benefits of tracking this stuff. I guys, I cannot stress enough if you're going to start hunting waterfowl, especially your first season. You've got to track your hunts. Do not take that for granted. I did. I wish to goodness I had 20 years of data. My goodness, how much more successful and how much better I would have things dialed in now if I would have been doing that because there's no way we can remember everything, right? So even stuff from this last season, I'm like, man, I don't remember writing that. I don't remember saying that. I don't remember that weather being like that, but it has it all. So on Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting Still, this is the information. Okay, I put the hunt name, vet hunt day one. Hunt type, waterfowl, because you can do dub, different things, but waterfowl. Hunt date, February 12th, 2022. Then I got the location. I got the state, California, hunt notes. Uh, you can put whatever you want in there. You can put like how many decoys you used. You can do whatever, okay? I just usually say who's with me. I said Travis and Thomas joined me just to go. Weather, mostly sunny. Temperature over 60 degrees, which there's they don't get too specific in there. They're not like 60, 65, 65, or 70, 75. They just kind of give a, a few different ranges you can pick. Temperature was over 60. There was basically no wind, which means in this situation, what he has is zero to five miles an hour. North wind direction, if any, I put northwest. <clears throat> Personally harvested, I put seven, lost, and it lose any. Um, group harvested. I don't do group stuff. And then ducks. And I put seven ducks. You can do personal, personal lost group harvested or group lost. I just don't do any group numbers. It's too much for me. I I just don't want to do it because if like Thomas has one and he does it too. And what I did is I shot, you can do Drake or hen or whatever, but I did, I shot three cinnamon till one Drake mallard, one pintail Drake, one Drake shoveler and one Drake widgeon. What I haven't been doing, you can do gunning. There's a section in here to do personal gunning summary. Shots fired, shooting percentage, doubles and triples. I, I will fill in like doubles and triples, but I have not been doing shots fired, so I can't get my shooting percentage. Well, this year I am, and I don't know why I haven't done it. I don't know if I was scared to see how bad I shoot or whatever because I'm probably going to end up being in the four. I, w- I would like to think I'm going to be in the 50 percentile, 
But to be honest with you, I'm probably going to be in the low 40s, maybe even high 30s. I don't really know. Because if you think about it, how many shells are you shooting when you go shoot seven birds? Are you shooting 14 or less? That's 50% right there, right? Or better. Are you shooting 20 shells? Well, now you're here we go. You know, now you're starting to go into like, you're already right there. You're already almost 30 down to 30% if you're shooting 20 shells. So I feel like 50% or or better is really good. I feel like 50% doesn't sound that good, but like if you think about it, if you shoot 14 shells or less for seven birds, that's pretty good, I think. Okay. Well, what that does is I want, a lot of the reason I want to do that is not only to see my percentage, but really how much ammo I shoot for the season. So I want to know, did I shoot a case, two cases or whatever? And why I wish I would have did this longer ago, which they this wasn't hasn't been around forever, but I could have did it on paper, which I do have a couple of years of that on paper before I got freelance hunt stats. But part of the reason I wish I would have did that is because I would have seen, like I'm shooting this heavy shot ammo. I swear up and down, I shoot less ammo because I have less cripples to shoot second and third follow shots when a bird's on the water trudging away. I don't do that nowhere near as much. I know I don't, but I don't have hard data to show other people because people are like, oh, you're spending all this much more money on this ammo, which heavy metal's not insane. Just don't buy your ammo, guys. Don't buy your ammo at Sportsman's Warehouse or like Big Five. Do not buy your ammo there. I promise you. If you listen to anything I say, don't buy your ammo though. For some reason, Sportsman's, and I got some friends that work there, okay? And I'm not downing them, but for some reason, man, they, they almost charge MSRP. If not, for sure, MSRP. It's insane what they're charging. And then you'll go to like Bass Pro or order online from Rogers, especially if you're not California. I wouldn't do anything else but order from Rogers and have it sent straight to my house. I used to until they stinking made all these gun laws for California. You can't have ammo shipped to your house. Which again, punishes the hunter because we got to spend more money on everything just to get ammo. But anyways, just don't buy your ammo there. But the, like a... Going back to what I was saying is because I want to track like how much less ammo I shoot because I'm shooting better ammo that's penetrating like the bismuth or the, even the heavy metal that's 30% bismuth, okay? So, yes, it is worth it. Someone was asking on the channel the other day, you know, what size shot are you using and is it worth it? It's like absolutely worth it because you're going to shoot less ammo. So, to me, it, it really can almost it almost balances it, the price, because you're shooting more. I remember I shot Super X for years, guys. I've shot Federal for years. And I'm telling you, I was always shooting that second shot on the water. Like, bam, you fell down. Yeah, you stone cold them a lot of times, too. I'm not saying you don't do that. But then when they, they hit the water, those tougher birds like mallards or whatever, it's like they hit the water. you got to put that second shot in. And shooting a bird on the water isn't the easiest thing to do in the world either. And if you hunt it long enough, you know I'm telling the truth. Those stinking birds are tough, man. And if you shoot them on the water, you may not get them on the first try. So, but, but to be the devil's advocate, a good choke that has a good pattern and getting the shots, the right shots and not shooting anything out the right side, the right shots, that all helps too. And becoming a better shot. So those three things alone, those are the bigger factors is becoming a better shot having a good choke and pattern in your gun and then taking the proper shots. And I think all three, all four of those, all three of those plus the ammo, which is four different things has all helped me become a better 
hunt a better shooter. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, that that is why you should track this. So I'll, sh I'll track the shots fired, which will it will say how many birds I got, and then it will know my shooting percentage. That year, this is the first year out of the last three years I've been tracking that I'm going to do it. So year four, going to start tracking. I'm pretty excited about doing it. <clears throat> I am, I'm not too excited about seeing my numbers. Even if I feel like I shoot 14 birds or, or 14 shells or less with seven birds, I'll be happy with that. I hope I can stay in the mid 40s, to be honest with you, but I don't know if that's possible. But again, um, someone was saying, oh, you're, when you're selective, you can make those numbers and you can always keep those numbers high if you're taking those close shots, which 100% I agree. And But the thing is, doing this is not what's making me do that. I was, I've already been doing that. My goal is always to shoot the least amount of shells I can. That's just like a personal goal. Like, how good is that to say, hey, I only shot. How cool is that to say I only shot 12 shells and I got seven birds? That's cool. So if anything, let's challenge ourselves that way, not about like just blow and go, man. Like, oh, I got to go get another box. It's like, well, third shots a lot of the time are a waste. We all know that if you've hunted any amount of time. The second shot... Now, if there's a bird you hit on the first one, he's kind of crippled. I mean, let him have it. you got to get that bird down because he's going to die anyways, more than likely, or be crippled for life. But, like, when they're you're already shooting them in their 30 yards, well, when they're backpedaling or bouncing out of there and it's windy, you're taking your second shot more than likely at 50 yards. You're already past what you should be shooting anyways. Third shot? Come on. Like, we already know that's there's no way you should be shooting that shell. But, anyways, that's what's cool about that. Um, water levels... Or actually, let me say this. Um, this don't have moon phases. This doesn't have water levels. But like I said, you can put it on the hunt notes. But like I said, what it does have is my big things are water, are weather, wind speed, and wind direction, and temp. Those are the four things in this hunt summary that I like to look at and look around the same dates that I went before, look at that data, and say, okay, I don't want to be here at this time because it was terrible versus sorry versus oh hey you know the wind was northwest it was blown 10 miles an hour temperature was like 40 degrees which is abnormal and then i got all that data i'm like oh man that's where i'm going back i'm definitely because more likely i know wind and all that stuff changes but if you can line up all the environments more than likely you're going to be successful when you do that and you have this data now what I want to bring in, um, and I don't know why this, sorry if this is super, I think I got it too loud for me right now, but what I want to bring in is if you go to the publicpursuit.com, like I said, I don't work with these guys, I'm not sponsored with them, but I found these on Instagram and I was like, dude, those are beautiful. And I've actually tagged it and saved it last year when I seen it on Instagram and just haven't pulled the trigger on buying it yet. But I am still going to do the North American Waterfowler but I want to do this too. I think just because the, the, here we go, guys. You know the word. Got to find my word. And I have it on the tip of my tongue. And I bet you no one would figure it out. Even if you commented down in the comments on YouTube, you will not come up with the word I'm, I'm trying to think of right now. But just that whole vibe you get from it, like the old school way of like riding into down because it's what it is it's in a leather cover it has public pursuit it's got like two hooks fish hooks and then an, 
a duck head. It's in a nice leather cover, old school looking, wrapped with it to keep it closed. So you un undo it, unwrap this leather, open it up. And what I want to talk about is what's in this. So if you are watching on the YouTube channel, actually, I should just hold this up to be part of my thumbnail. When you open it up, it's got a spot for a pin. It's got that nice leather smell. I think this is the pecan um, colored leather. Um, and it's got a spot to put your pin in. Super clean, super broken in, soft leather. Open it up. And right away, you can see, again, like I said, let's get you guys to come over to YouTube channel, The MVM Show on YouTube. You can see the stuff that I'm showing you. Actually, we have it on a loadout video. Loadout video is coming next week, but... That's what it looks like inside, and that's the whole book. I actually want to ask him if I can order a couple more because, no offense, but like if that business goes out of company, that company goes out of business, I don't want to be like, well, I can't get no more of these books because I want to have like years of this logged away in this. But let's start off what it says in here. I, I might have did this on another podcast, but not specifically about tracking your birds and water levels. But to me, in my experience, a full moon really hurts. I, I don't really enjoy, I haven't had the best of luck in a full moon. And why that is, I know, is because the birds like big game, deer and stuff. They'll feed all night. And then they'll loaf and rest all day. And so that doesn't track it, but I'm going to actually start putting in the freelance hunt stats. I'm going to put in the moon phase. But in here it has it. So it starts off, it says waterfowl journal, super clean. It's a one page. There's not double-sided pages, just one side of the page. I don't know how many pages are. There's got to be at least, I would think, 100 or more. <clears throat> but in the top right, you put the date. And then under gen general info, this is what it has. And and I feel like all these things are important. I feel like looking back on these over the years is so important. It has an alarm. What time did your alarm go off? I don't know why, but I think that's important. <clears throat> because... One day when you look back at that and say, hey, we got beat to the hole, you can tell, hey, I didn't get up early enough here. I was lazy right here. I, I learned something right here. This is where I learned something. You can look back at these notes and know, hey, I learned something right here. It has arrived. Under alarm has arrived. Well, when did you get to the spot? <clears throat> and that's kind of hard if you're in a refuge because, but I'm still going to put it down because when we finally, by the time we checked in and went to the spot, this is when we arrived. Or... Maybe you're out in a public land spot that's you can get there any time of the day or night and say, hey, we got here this time when we were safe. We got our spot set up. When you were done setting up, what time? And then shooting time, what time shooting time is? And then when you left. I think those are, I, I love that data. I'm just a data freak anyways. But <clears throat> then location, so where were you at? You could either put a um, lat long in here. If you don't, if there's not a specific name, you can put whatever you want. Then you can put dog or dogs. It has a spot for like what dogs were there on the hunt, which is really cool. People in the group, who you hunted with. It's awesome. That's all under general general info on time. Then they got weather conditions. And this is what I love. They have temperature, wind, visibility. So that kind of matters, right? <clears throat> you can put fog, but doesn't mean you st if it's foggy, you could still have a mile visibility, two miles of visibility. And that actually is still doable when it comes to duck hunting. But if you have fog and it's 100 feet visibility, that's going to be a little tough <laughs> to kill any birds in. So 
I like the fact that they put visibility in there because that does have different factors. Cold front, and it's a yes or no question, so you circle yes or no. That's good to know. You can even put right by it like post-cold front or pre-cold front. Water conditions, muddy, clear, dirty, like as far as maybe there's a lot of trash in, like, you know what I mean? You can ride in there for water conditions, water levels. There's some places we hunt really this is big. Some places are always the same, but some places I've I've seen go from like low low shin to top of knee. And that has really affected <clears throat> what the ducks did and, and how they, they acted. Or if they even came in there, because maybe if they're dabbling ducks and they can't dip down, if it's that deep, they're not going to be able to feed there. Then they have moon, full, three quarters, half, or quarter, and you can circle one of those. So I, I really like that, that you can do that. And then it's, it has one spot here. It says, anyone get wet? Yes or no? <laughs> so I don't know. That's kind of funny. Like, that's not something that's going to happen. Hopefully not too often. But the fact that it's in there is funny. And I think I will mark that if that happens. Sorry for slurping in your ear. Next down, last but not least, is report. And then it says total birds seen. This, I don't know, the stuff this guy has, I'm actually going to send this picture. I'm not trying to steal, but I'm going to send this picture to Elliot and to Jordan that are taking care of us and see if these are some of the things that they can add in there because I think these are very, I think they're very important things. And I can tell the guy that made this actually must be duck, have duck hunted for a long time or something or had a granddad that showed him the way. But total bird scene, because you can forget how many birds you've seen and you'll think, oh, man, I shot seven birds this day. It was lights out. Well, just because you shoot a limit does not mean it's lights out, right? It just means you shot good or you capitalized on the opportunities that you had. And I've told Thomas that before. I'm like, good thing we shot good today because as soon as we shot our last bird, the birds stopped flying. If we would have been missing, we'd walk away with two birds apiece instead of seven piece. I'm telling you, that's how quick it can happen. And that's how important good shooting is. Because just because of whatever you bring in at the end of the day, birds-wise, people think, oh, that was an amazing hunt, or that was, oh, that wasn't must not have been a good hunt. Well, a good hunt. There's sometimes a guys can come in with two birds apiece and shot two boxes of shells because they couldn't hit nothing or they were sky busting. Or you can have guys come in with seven birds apiece and they're like, wow, what an epic hunt. It's like, actually, we only had nine opportunities and we luckily capitalized seven birds out of those nine opportunities and we only shot 12 shells <laughs> you see what i'm saying people are all about the perception of like how many birds you have thinking that's how the hunt went that don't mean nothing that's why i like that he has in here total birds seen i'm not going to try to say oh it was 63 birds exactly but i'm going to say like i saw you know 20 plus 30 plus and we shot 14 or i saw 100 plus and I guess that depends on how much you, I would say that's all migrating to how many birds you've seen flying over top, whatever, you know, you could take that different ways. But then next below that, it says total birds taken, male or female. So you can write down how many, and that's really kind of for you specifically. Then it says species taken. So then you can write down what species you did take of ducks or geese. This, I like this. This is, And the reason I'm doing a podcast on this, because you're thinking you're just reading down this, I'm talking about how important these things are for us to track and why these matter. And I've already done that. I'm giving all these tips as part of these things that are in this. Water levels, water conditions, moon phase. I'm adding to that, okay? 
number of birds flared. Okay, what did I do wrong that I wrote down I flared 30 birds? Okay, if that's what I write. What did I do wrong that day? So what I can do is look down here below, and they have a little box that you can draw your decoy spread in. And so draw your decoy, how kind of how it was set up and where the wind was coming from, and say, hey, this is what I was doing wrong here. This is, this is the problem that I have. It was my decoy spread. Maybe that's why I flared them. Or how, why was I flaring so many birds? Why did I flare so many birds? Was it my mojo? Was it my pulsator? Was it my decoys? Was it we weren't hidden good enough, which is more than likely that's probably what it is. <clears throat> so I like that. I like that they have that because then you can look back and then say, we got to change something. Whatever we did that time, we cannot be having that. Number of shells shot. So there you go again, talking about, um, you know, getting your averages and, and knowing how good you're shooting. And then at the end of the year, find out how many shells you shot in general over the whole year period. Any migrating groups? That's a yes or no question. So you can put circle whatever one. And so now you know, like, okay, there was tons of birds migrating today. <clears throat> and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about total bird scene. I don't know. If there was really high, high, high birds migrating like two, three, four hundred yards up there and they're migrating, I don't know if I would count that as in birds I seen personally. I might just count the birds like that worked. Maybe they left and they never came in, but they were doable. Like there was something you could work and try to call and that probably was what I would consider birds seen. Um and then it goes down, there's a little box that says decoy spread and it says number of decoys. So you can write in, okay, I use three dozen decoys. And then motion. Did I have motion? And yeah, that's good too. That's a yes or no question. And then, like I said, in a little box, you can draw in what you... Hold on a second here. Someone's... Um, sorry. So anyways, that that's what this book has. So... <laughs> I don't know how many of you would actually go and get one of these or whatever, but like if I had, man, this would be a, such a great um, gift for like Father's Day, for Christmas, just a gift in general for a buddy or a friend, I mean, or a brother. I actually bought one for me and I bought one for Thomas. Thomas is like, dude, this is actually super sick. So I, I'm sure he's going to fill it out too. At least I hope he does. You know, you get something for somebody, you want him to, you want him to fill it out, but I didn't, that's not why I bought it. If he doesn't, whatever is, use a collect. I mean, you could really even say it's like a collector, something you set on your desk. But I, I'm going to do my dead level best. And what I thought of I can do, worst case I can do, is if I get it at least in the app for Freelance Hunt Stats or North American Waterfowler, I can at least transfer it over here if I don't have it with me because I don't want to lose this. This is important. But anywho, that was what I want to talk about. Moon phases, weather, temperature, wind speed, wind direction, all these different things you got to collect this data, guys. And if you can, make that really a big effort. Even if you're good at Microsoft Spreadsheet or Microsoft Excel, you can do it on there. I know a lot of guys do that. That's a way to do it. But these are other things you can do um, to keep it every, you know, every year and go back. And now that I've got three years, I definitely do go back and check like, hey, when was that? And how good did we do? You know, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, hope this guy, hope this helped you guys and kind of pushes pushes you to do that. And like I said, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't, rate us and review us on 
Instagram, Spotify, I'll say Instagram, Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcast. Man, we're standing high in the charts, guys. It's actually pretty incredible and cool. So I'm really, I'm really honored that that's that way. And um, only onwards and upwards. That's all we can do. So we will see you guys on the next episode. We're excited to start, baby!